Hello, everyone. Welcome, all you variants, to episode three of Loki Review here on Marvelous Movie Mondays, every single Monday here on the Dill Pickle Movie Network and on podcast form. I am one of the hosts of the show, Dylan Randazzo, and I'm joined with Kelsey Kilpatrick. I should say joined by, but it didn't matter. Kelsey Kilpatrick, she is here. She's in the house. I don't know. Joined by, joined with. Am I, am I, I don't know what I'm Listen, I'm not the expert on grammar. <laughs> I'm not the person to ask, Dylan. Yeah. Um, anyway, welcome, everyone. Happy Monday. Uh, it's been a very fun week. Hope you're enjoying uh, Hope you're enjoying your Pride Month, uh, because this is a very, very important episode to talk about on Pride Month, uh, especially... Um, yeah, just yeah, it's a very important <laughs> episode. We'll, we won't get into details right now, but we'll get into mm. it later. Uh, as you saw with the thumbnail and the logo and the title, that this is going to be a Loki episode three spoiler review. So if you haven't seen the episode and you want to get everything spoiled for you, I don't know why you would want to, but head out, watch the episode now and come back and listen to us. Um, but first, before we get into the spoiler review, uh, let us talk about the news of the week. Uh, there's always Marvel news out there somewhere, and we will be the first to cover it. Kelsey, what is your Marvel news of the week? Uh, maybe not the first to cover this, but I will <laughs> say that I just found out uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out with a video game, which is nice. pretty exciting. It's going to be out October 26th, so we still have a long ways to wait for it, but right. I saw some first looks at the game. The trailer uh, came out a week ago. I think so we're not too too late but yeah it looks exciting it looks like the characters in the game are more like they went for a more comic accurate look okay and um so not very movie accurate not very movie accurate although i did see in the trailer that there were some like fun movie things like they're like creatures that they that they're seen battling look very similar nice. to the ones in the movies there's even a shot of i think his name is cosmic because I always want to call him Co Comet, the dog oh, that's like in the yeah, collectors. Right, right. Um, I think his name is <laughs> right. Cosmic. Because I always okay. want to call him Comet because that was the name of the dog in Full House. Ah, um, uh, right, right. Full circle to Elizabeth Olsen's uh, sister's show. It's all, it's all, it's, in one it's all connected. <laughs> At this so. point, everyone is connected by the Marvel Universe. They used yeah, to play exactly. that game. They used to play that game, the uh, Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Yeah, and you yeah, try yeah, to connect yeah. an actor, but now it's like Kevin Bacon's old news. It's now the Marvel game. Like, how can you <laughs> connect it to a Marvel show or? vice versa? Um, yeah, we might have to, we'll play around it at the end of this the show. Why not? Um, okay, uh, so. What what uh, is there a specific console that game is for? Is it like it uh, seems like it's coming out on all of them? I looked and it's for right. you know all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes coming out on um, PC as well. So cool. they're not discriminating. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not a huge gamer. I don't know about you, Kels, but um, I will maybe think about looking into that game when it comes. And maybe if we have an episode where we're not doing anything, maybe we'll play a little bit of the game, give you a little sure. bit of a review on the game. Who knows? Fun. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're here to I... cover all of it. I dabble in some games. I wouldn't call myself okay. a gamer, but I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know my way around a controller. <laughs> yeah, I need to first watch television shows first before I get into games because I watch a lot of movies. I've got that covered, yeah. and then the TV, uh, the extent of my TV watching are these shows, are the Marvel shows, the Star Wars shows, and then you know, hopefully, you know, I'll get around to the Mare of East Towns and the, you know, mm, all the I hot just new finished shows. That with my Is mom. it good? Is it it's good? It's really good. Okay. You know what? I'll start that tonight. Why not? I'll I'll start it and I'll hopefully finish it by the next time. We'll talk about it next time. You know, jump right in, Dill. 
Yep. Anyway, uh, my news. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm always covering theme park news because there's always something coming to the theme oh, parks. Because, okay. You know, there's always stuff on the TV screens and now the video game screens, but there's always stuff in real life that you could go and pretend you're a superhero at. And now they just opened in Disneyland Paris on the 21st. So that was a little while ago, about a week ago since you uh, you're hearing it about a week later than it dropped. But I guess I shouldn't say dropped. It opened uh, the uh, the name of the resort is in Disneyland Paris. There is a hotel that is now called Disney's New York, Hotel New York, which is funny because when we think like in New York, we have we might have hotels that are like Hotel Paris, and it's just funny that mm. in Paris they have Hotel New York, uh, okay. the Art Art of Marvel Resort. So this is what it looks like on the outside. It is if you're listening to us on audio, check us out on video because there are some images here. Um, I'm always here with the images of different theme park things. This is the Art of Marvel Resort here, the Hotel of New York. Here's the lobby. They're really going for the art angle. Like there's little mm. panels of comics and all that stuff. Everyone's wearing yeah. their mask, nice and safe. Uh, here's some zooming in of some actual artwork. There's some really cool Spidey artwork. Oh, um, nice. Some, looks like uh, Ma- Spider Gwen. Miles Morales did those. It looks like right. Exactly, yeah, like grief, graffiti-inspired. Uh, here's all the fantastic women of the MCU. I see Wanda there in the bottom right. There's Captain Marvel in the bottom left. I mean, a lot of amazing um, female heroes. Uh, the Dora Milaje are down there in the bottom right as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just some of the lobby areas, uh, as well as meeting characters. You can meet characters because it is a Disney resort. There will be meet and greets in the actual hotel itself. And it looks like the backgrounds are even cooler than like Avengers Campus. You know, you got the cool space kind of background there with Spidey and all the logos behind him. Um, And you also have a skyline bar with windows that are not actual windows. They're meant to look like you're looking out at New York, but of course you're in Paris. But how cool that you can see Iron Man fly by while you're drinking. But the coolest thing I wanted to talk about were the rooms. They have many, many different state rooms, and each room is kind of themed after uh, a certain hero. So this is the, one of the Spider-Man rooms, you know, all the red pillows, the red furniture, mm. Spider-Man. Uh, but then they have the suites, and I think they have, I think I read 20-something suites, and each suite is designated to a specific hero. So here's the Captain America suite. Oh, that is my in the gosh. Hotel. It is huge. I mean, there's a piano. There is uh, two couches. Two it looks like a giant, yeah, two floors. Uh, this weird, wonky-ass chandelier whatever that is um yeah yeah and then of course the picture cap itself i believe this is either in the same uh resort uh, the same room or a different room this is also part of the captain america suite there's a giant piano uh, in the middle of the hotel so uh if you're interested if you're in paris or if you're ever going to paris um yeah check out the disney hotel new york art of marvel hotel it looks pretty cool but i don't that think i'll ever really be there cool yeah, I mean, maybe someday I'll go to Still, Disneyland should we Paris. Who knows? Go. <laughs> go, go all the way to Paris just for a Marvel hotel that's going to cost way too much money for either of us to stay in. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's yeah. <laughs> you know, a girl um, can dream. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, you know them both, Jake and Tanner, good friends of ours. Um, yeah, they they've been to all the Disneylands around the the globe. So I hope. Um, yeah, because they're both Disney employees, so oh, okay. uh, of course, yeah, they I think they can get in for free, but like the opposite, pay for the travel or whatever. Right, but, right, right. Uh, I'll have to ask them how Disneyland Paris is, because maybe maybe it's a trip down the line that I might have to take. Uh, but for now, I'll just admire it from afar. Mm. <laughs> um, so the Eiffel Tower is not the only cool thing in Paris, everyone. So check <laughs> that out. Um, without further ado, though, you guys came here to listen to an episode three Loki review. I've been talking long enough. Kelsey's gonna dive 
we're both going to dive right in, but Kelsey, why don't you take us away with your brief synopsis of the episode as well as some initial first thoughts you had? Oh my God, you're going to hate me. I forgot to write a synopsis. You forgot to write one. I think okay. I can. I think I can recap it in pro, you know, right yeah. from right from the noodle. I feel like you're a pro now that um, you can like just do it all at the top of your brain every time, you know? So we picked but. up right where we left off in, with episode two. First of all, this episode is called Lamentous. Okay, so Loki follows um, the variant uh, on on her mission where they find themselves in a planet called Lamentous, uh, where they find themselves stuck there for until the end of the world. There you go. So, yeah. That, that was a very good synopsis, you know. I tried really uh, end hard. of the world. It's an apocalypse on Lamentus, <laughs> and they are um it, I believe it's another planet that's exploding or crashing into Lamentus, right? It's not yes. Lamentus itself. Yeah. Um, so again, like you said, it's just Loki and Sylvie. It's just Loki and the variant, and it's mm-hmm. very much a character-driven episode. I mean, there's so much action. I think this is the most action we've seen in this in yeah. this series, but also it's centered around these two characters and just kind mm-hmm. of their the conversations in their journey. So what were your overall thoughts on just the episode itself? Honestly, like I feel like episode two was so good right. that when we went to this one, like I don't want to say I was disappointed, but I felt mm-hmm. like, I don't know. This honestly felt like an episode that should have been more like the episode right before a season finale rather mm. than like the third episode in, because I yeah. feel like, Well, like what I almost walked away thinking like, well, what was the point of everything that happened in that episode? Because everything they did like failed. And I feel like the plot like wasn't really like, even though we learned about a lot about their characters, like nothing about the plot really moved forward. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. I I think the biggest thing is that like they're now on this planet and their way out which was the the arc they called it is now right. gone and exploded. So like I think it's now the question of how are they going to get off this area. But I do think I agree with you in the fact that like while that's an exciting setup for what's coming, I feel like the last episode episode 2 ended on this kind of cliffhanger where you these two were going off in a direction but like you also had the rest of the TVA mm-hmm. and like how was Owen Wilson how is Mobius going to get Loki and what what was going to happen and how are all these different plot lines that are uh, branching out on this, you know, one singular timeline, how are these different variant timelines going to have, like, what's going to happen? How are they going to stop it? But I feel like they went into what happened when Loki and Sylvie escaped the portal, but didn't go into the other stuff. And and I think I was most looking forward to seeing, like, what's going to happen with all the different timelines? And I yeah. didn't get that. Um, so I do agree. I almost wish they had kind of gone into, like, maybe done one with Mobius and seeing, well, what are we going to do first? And then we can show Loki just so we at least know what's going on with that kind of stuff. Cause I feel like sure. that was sidelined completely. And I like mm-hmm. this. I do like this episode because I do love those character moments. And I think for Loki specifically as a character, this just enriched his character so much more um, and gave us a lot of character with Sylvie as well. Uh, but I do wish they had at least acknowledged, just give them like a minute long scene of just Mobius being like, well, now he's escaped. Now we got to go into this portal or uh, <laughs> this is what we're going to do now. Like just at least a game plan. So we know what their purpose is going to be two episodes from now, which will be the next episode we see. Because um, yeah. I hope they bring that dynamic together. Because I said the best part of the show for me so far has been the dynamic between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm fine with them abandoning that as long as we know exactly what 
the other characters are going to do now that these two are off on their own. Um, but it'll be interesting. I'm really intrigued to see what those two characters, now that they are on their own and now that this whole place is exploding, what they're going to mm-hmm. do. They can't get back to where they came from because the thing ran out of battery and things are exploding. Their way off the planet is doomed. So like, really, it's 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 a really huge cliffhanger, but it's just like there's so much other story that they set up that they didn't even acknowledge at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get how it's kind of like a bittersweet type thing. It's just the, the fact of the matter that there's six episodes and for episode three, it's like, we only have three episodes left and I feel like there's so mm-hmm. much now to cover. But again, that's how we felt about both WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, um, I have no doubt they'll stick the landing, but I do agree. It was a lot of just like, like, what's going to, like, what, what about all the other stuff we just heard about in the last episode yeah. and wanting to touch upon that. But, you know, I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think the second rewatch I I had, I I walked away feeling like, all right, there a lot of like good stuff happened in that right. episode. You mm-hmm. know, felt better yep. about it. Yep. So we started. Uh, we m- immediately rolled right from like our recap in the beginning. We immediately rolled into our Marvel credits where we didn't hear any classic Avengers music. We uh, had a needle drop moment with. Um, a song called Demons by Haley Kiyoko playing in the mm-hmm. background, which was different. <laughs> Definitely intrigued me right off the bat. Um, and then we had this cold, o- cold open, per se, where uh, C20 and it looks like uh, the variant. Um, now we know her as Sylvie, but I, was, I wasn't going to refer to her as Sylvie until we got to the name reveal. Sorry. It's I okay, Dil. <laughs> I know, I know. You, you got excited. It's okay. Um, we kind of see them at, um, immediately. I was getting date vibes. You know, they were having drinks. They were talking and laughing and everything. And, and they start having this conversation about how when people get brain freezes, when they drink something or eat something uh, that's like cold, like super fast, that their memories are are literally frozen in time because of whatever's mm-hmm. happening to their brain. So then the variant suggests that they make a game of it. Um, C20 was going to drink her drink as fast as she could. Uh, the variant was going to ask her a question and see if she could recall from her memory while she was in the midst of having a brain freeze. And she asked her how many people are guarding the timekeepers. And immediately we see the setting changes, the the mood in the room switches, like C20 kind of snaps out of this trance that she's in and is like, wait, I recognize everything that's going on here except you. I don't know you. And, you know, we learn that this is kind of what happens when you're under like uh, the, the variant spell. This is yeah. you're taken to a place in your memories and she's kind of manipulating you to get what she wants. So then the Loki credits roll. Uh, the scene one, back at the TVA, we see where the portal took um, the variant and Loki. We're back at the TVA where she's, you know, plowing her way through the soldiers, through the agents in the hallways to, you know, get where she wants to go. We see uh, Loki appear in the hallway as well, except he's right by the lockers where his daggers are. So he obviously grabs those before he right. takes another step. Um. Uh. Oh, I wrote down. I literally my notes. Love Loki and his daggers because I just you know <laughs> love that. It's a signature yeah. thing, you know. Loki's got to have some daggers. Right. Um. The judge appears. Uh. Well, before the judge appears, you know, Loki kind of uh 
has a proposition for the very and he's go he's like hey we could work together we could spend this whole time fighting or you know we could work together you know we probably both want the same thing here which is you know power and and to take over this thing so like you know let's do it and so they kind of have this battle she's getting mad at him because you know loki's derailing her all these plans she's made and the judge appears and in order to escape uh, the judge and the two agents that have caught them uh, battling in the hallway. Loki uses what they call the Tempad um, mm-hmm. to form another portal, and they're taken, boom, uh, straight to another apocalypse uh, throughout the timeline. Mm-hmm. So we're seen to Lamentis, the device. Okay, so they realize that once they get down there, they fight for a little bit more, and uh, before she can escape, she realizes she realizes that the device needs to be charged. Um, Loki takes it and uses his magic to hide it. So I love these moments where we're watching Loki use his magic um, yeah. because I feel like we just we haven't gotten enough of that uh, right. yet. It's and, also funny how like some of his magic, like what's the extent of his magic? He can make himself reappear and disappear, but he can't charge a. Uh, right right a little right. device you know yeah it's funny too because like later on we also see which we'll get to maybe some theory talk uh the when the one building's coming down he's able to stop it and like mm-hmm. make it go back up too it's like like questions like that where it's like well what are his powers what exact magic can he do right um and what can he do and i think that's just an interesting thing because like the the biggest challenge is charging a electronic device and that just seems like such a minuscule thing in this grander you know, realm of magic that the charging of the electronic device is what's really setting them back, which is crazy. Yeah, no, yeah. So now we see that because he's taken the Tempad, she she's the only one who knows how to charge it. Now they both need something from each other. You know, they, they can't get off this planet without each other now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out, we uh, get a nice little title screen and we find out that uh, we are on a planet, or a moon rather, called Lamentis One in the year 2077. And that this is the apocalypse that's happening is the planet is about to crash into the moon and everyone's about to die. Um, Oh, so then we have this one moment, this one interesting moment that happens in like the the mine shaft that they're uh, hiding in where the variant tries to use her powers on Loki and she realizes that she cannot do that. Um, So then they realize that they have to find a power source for uh, the Tempad they start on their journey across the moon. Uh, we find out that her name is Sylvie. She rather not be called Loki. She she says, mm-hmm. I go by Sylvie now. Um, yeah. Which I have to say, I think, you know, I don't want to get too into it in case I'm just over <laughs> overthinking it. But, sure. you know, we're going to get to a conversation that happens later on. I mean, this is a very... Um, you know, with a TV show, you know, they don't have to worry about releasing it in China where all this stuff is banned uh, because a lot of the problems that Disney runs into is the fact that they can't really have a lot of very forward LGBT representation on screen because China has such strict censorship. Um, so when a character's gay, it's either like alluded to or it's not really spoken. But with the TV show, they don't have to worry about that. And so we obviously see later on, there's obviously a statement that is made that is very straightforward. But even here, the whole idea of, you know, they keep calling you the wrong name and then they say, no, but I, I go by Sylvie now. Like, I want to be known as Sylvie. It's almost kind of a metaphor almost for, I, I think, uh, transgender people. I think I, I took away okay. from it. This whole idea of like everyone kind of 
you know, because you are a variant of this, you know, this is what you're assumed to be, but this is what you want to be. This is what you identify as This is what you want to be called. And I thought it was a good, you know, subtle lesson that they kind of peppered into it. You know, this whole idea of, you know, no, I want to be called Sylvie. And he's like, great. And then he calls her that for the rest of the thing. It's not this huge deal. It's just, this is what I want to be called. Great. And I think for kids watching this, it's a good example. You know, it's not, it's not this super in your face message, obviously. And it, I might, like I said, be overlooking it or overthinking it, but I think it's nice that kids can watch this and be like, Oh, she wants to go by Sylvie. Oh, okay, great. We're calling her Sylvie, even though she's, you know, to a lot of people was just lady Loki or was just Loki, you know, but that's sure. not who she is. So I thought it was a nice, interesting little metaphor. Maybe it just, it, it was just a thing I thought of, but maybe, maybe there was supposed to be a metaphor there. I'm, I'm hoping there was, cause I picked up on it. If not, um, then let's proceed. That's <laughs> but, a sweet little yeah. message, Dill. No, I yeah. love that. You know, yeah. because uh, we... you know, if you want to be called something, tell people and that's what they'll call you, you know? A hundred percent. Definitely being mindful and being respectful of people's of all the different identities uh, we Mm -hmm. have to uh, be aware of these days. So I love that, Jill. I mean, that wasn't the first thing I thought of, but I'm so glad you did because now you've got a whole like mini lesson now. I was going to say we had a little conversation of like, maybe this is like another character entirely and not even a variant of Loki at all. But if we are going by the idea that this is just a variant of Loki and nothing more then like, I think it's a nice, you know, a nice little subtle little thing to put in there. Like, no, I want, I want to be my own identity. I don't want to be what society or what the world has told me I have to be, which is right. kind of, uh, you know, what we saw when we talked about X-Men as well. And what we're talking about just in general with like transgender rights in general in America. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think it's nice and that it's a TV show so we can have this conversation so we don't have to censor everything like they make us do when we release things in theaters overseas. Right, exactly. So they start getting into this conversation about what kind of, how they differ, you know, even though Mm -hmm. Loki believes that, you know, Sylvie is, you know, a variant of what they are. Uh, uh, Sylvie asks him just straight up, she's like, well, what are the things that make a Loki a Loki? And he responds by saying independence, authority, and style. And I was like, that's great. I think that's exactly the three words you should use to describe Loki. Yeah. Um. So then Loki starts really drilling her about her plan. He doesn't really understand why she was doing what she was doing. If she doesn't want to take over the time, uh, Baron's authority or even like take down the timekeepers per se, you know, he's, he's really trying to wrap his head around her plan. So he says, were you just going to, you know, tear the place down, create the ultimate power vacuum and then walk away. He's like, I would never do that. I would do all of those other steps and then take power, take my rightful throne. You know, that's always mm-hmm. been what Loki's been about. And uh, they decide that in order to charge the ten pad, that they need to get a huge power source. Um, we see their difference in fighting styles and how they, you know, approach different uh, situations. She's constantly, you know, going in fists first using brute force, and Loki has. Obviously, as we as we know, a flair for the dramatic. So they yes. come across this one uh, woman's hut. Uh, I think that they know she's in there and maybe they're there just to, you know, ask her where everyone is, where everyone went. Um, and, she, you know, she blasts Sylvie right away uh, with this huge kind of weapon she has. And instead of, you know, going in, you know, just guns blazing, Loki uh, takes the form of a loved one, it looks like, of. And in a picture that she has and and tries to go go about that way 
he obviously ends up getting blasts as well. And they find out that everyone is uh, going to a train that's going to take them to an arc. Basically, this escape vessel that they are uh, the residents of the moon are using to, you know, escape the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And so we get to this train scene where we see just like a line of these looks like impoverished people trying to get mm-hmm. onto this train. One of the um, extras in the background even yells something out like they're only giving tickets to the rich. They're forgetting about, you know, the rest of us. And, you know, this scene was really giving me a lot of Hunger Games vibes. Yes. Just like the fashion and the dystopian feel to it mm-hmm. all that yeah good stuff. and then the elements of of class too because mm-hmm. you know hunger games is all about the different districts or different classes and you know you're upper on uh, on the if you sit higher forward on the train you're upper class and back lower class it also reminded me of snowpiercer i don't know if you've ever seen it it's a uh, movie by bong joon ho who directed parasite mm-hmm. it is it stars chris evans so i highly mm-hmm. recommend it um it's kind of the same premise the whole world has frozen over and it's an ice age and the only way you can survive is if you're on this train it's the only way you don't freeze to death but uh, because everyone's on this train there's obviously a high class and a low class and it's interesting to see how the low class rebels against the high class obviously Mm. loki doesn't get into that too much because you know it doesn't have time to go into this whole exploration and deep you know analysis of class but it reminded me of that in the sense that it was like these people are obviously gonna die in this apocalypse because they're not gonna get on the train but everyone on Mm -hmm. the train supposedly is going to be okay we obviously know no one's going to be okay but um yeah i I thought it was an interesting play on class and i do recommend you watch that movie uh people listening and kelsey uh because it's a really good movie so i will i heard about i you know i always look for movies that the cast of the Avengers have starred in so that movie has crossed my mind multiple times i don't know why i haven't watched it yet but i've been meaning to get around to it yeah so let me know when you do and uh the grand Ma- or not a grandmaster that's jeff goldblum uh the ancient one tilda swinton is also a main role in it too oh no so, way yeah, yeah oh, it's well then cast, so. an avenger double feature i gotta watch this movie <laughs> captain america doctor strange crossover hell yeah <laughs> so then they start differing about you know the different ways that they're going to infiltrate this train she's like mm-hmm. i'm going to you know enchant one of the guards he's gonna escort us in there if any trouble happens you you know, well, I'll just have them start shooting at each other. And Loki's like, well, you know, that's barely a plan. I, I've got a better idea. He, you know, uh, disguises himself into one of the guards' uniforms and acts as if he's, you know, detaining Sylvie um, yeah. onto the train. And, you know, we kind of see this uh, great moment where they're kind of working hand in hand. They didn't really mean to, but once Loki's uh, portion of the plan starts going awry, Sylvie takes over and chants the guard that is keeping them from getting on the train and they and uh together by using you know joining forces they're able to get on the train so then we obviously have this uh very deep conversation between the two of them while they're on this train loki starts talking about his mother how he learned magic from her um sylvie says that she doesn't learn that she hadn't learned from anyone that she taught herself how to like you know do the all the enchanting herself Um, They talk about how they're both adopted, but how Loki was eventually told where Sylvie Mm -hmm. like knew like right off the bat that she was adopted. Um, And then and then I wrote down in my notes, Loki's kind of a partier. He kind of goes 
hard. The waitress comes over with the champagne and he goes, ah, perfect champagne. And and when Sylvie mm-hmm. rejects it, he's like, oh, then I'll polish her glass off as well. Don't worry. <laughs> well, it's the Asgardian thing because Thor, yep. Valkyrie, they're all the same way. So. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Culture, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely a cultural thing. I didn't even think mm. about that, Jill. Thank you for pointing yeah. that out. Um, so then they start talking about the woman that they kind of encountered in, in her hut and why, you know, she's choosing to just kind of face the, the end of the world, like by herself in her house, that, rather than try to get on this train. And Sylvie kind of deduces that, you know, it's because she's in love, you know, either I, to my understanding, I interpreted two different ways, either she's waiting for that man who presumably might be her husband to come home to come mm-hmm. back to the hut before the end of the world or she's just you know facing death because he died a long time ago and it's just choosing to just be with him in, in the yeah. afterlife so then they get obviously into this uh topic of conversation that everyone's been talking about it's the talk of the town they're both talking about their love interests and sylvie asks oh loki asks sylvie like oh do you have like a bow waiting for you at you know when when you're done with this whole like time heist like at the end and i couldn't tell if sylvie's answer was sarcasm or not because she was kind of like oh yeah after i've done this whole thing with traveling through apocalypses <laughs> i've been able to maintain a long distance relationship i yeah, wasn't I sure was if she's being sarcasm yeah. or not um, um i think so a little bit maybe a little bit of both. maybe maybe not maybe so but then she asked loki like oh well you're a prince of asgard like i'm sure you've had quite a slew of princesses or maybe even a prince and loki just simply responds a bit of both uh confirming that um our our boy loki is bisexual he's a bi icon and when he says also to her i suspect you uh the same as you and she's like yeah well they're both bisexual icons you know and that's the thing oh. is it doesn't well i don't know if she says yes or no actually he asks her though he's like i suspect the same as you uh just because, oh, because also they're they variants you know um but that's yeah thing. we talked we talked a little bit a while ago about um them being gender fluid um mm-hmm. just you know and i think that was to say that there could be different forms of loki i think that was a foreshadowing of this female version or variant of Loki that we know as Sylvie, I think that was kind of a teaser for that. But I think this is where it outright says, you know, this is who Loki is. But again, it doesn't need to be this big thing. And I, I like how it can right. just be this reveal, but it's not subtle in the sense that it has to be interpreted. It's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a very deliberate answer, yes or no, but it doesn't have to be this big thing. And I, I love how you know, it's becoming more of a, just a natural part of these characters because Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I don't think that that could have happened even five years ago. I don't know uh, Mm -hmm. how, how, if they could have characters, main characters of their own stories come out like that. And that that was great. Um, And I really, really liked it. I actually have a little uh, something that Kate Heron, the director said on her Twitter, Okay. He said, from the moment I joined Loki, because uh, the director, for a mini series, the director does the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a normal series where you have different directors for every episode. So she mm-hmm. did the whole series. She did, She said, ah, bah, bah, bah. tripping over my words. She mm-hmm. said, from the moment I joined Loki, it was very important to me. And my goal to acknowledge Loki was bisexual. It is a part of who he is and who I am, too. I know this is a small step, but I'm happy. And heart is so full to say that this is now canon in the MCU red heart purple heart blue heart and then she shares screenshots of the conversation with the subtitles of the conversation so uh, kate heron herself 
as you said, it's a part of who she is too, being able to kind of reflect that in the character. Uh, but again, not make it like this whole, you know, huge thing, but just this nice intimate conversation mm-hmm. moment. Uh, and it makes you care a lot more for the characters. It makes you understand them a lot more. Um, you know, I feel like if they had done this early on in like Avengers, when he was just evil Loki, it's kind of like that whole, like, you know, the villain is over the top flamboyant, like sure. stereotype. But now that we've kind of gotten to see the softer side and like the multi layers of Loki, now it's like, oh, now we can like embrace it and like mm-hmm. love that about him. Uh, but also not, you know, judge him for it either. You know, it's it's a really beautiful moment that I think uh, will be a pretty monumental one, at least for this franchise. I think, um, yeah, yeah. So. No, yeah, super, super powerful moment. I, mm-hmm. I loved it. But then it got it got a little depressing because, you know, they kind of finished the conversation off realizing with Loki, you know, he doesn't really understand what love is. He doesn't he doesn't know it. He's never really like felt it 100 percent. He's really only felt it with probably the closest thing he's felt to like real love is between him and his mother and maybe even him and Thor as well. But this version of this version of Loki though, like hasn't really felt the depths of, you know, the brotherly love with Thor as, you know, we saw the Loki in Endgame, you know, right and Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so then we cut to what seemingly feels like maybe hours later on the train where Loki's uh, singing an Asgardian song. He's been partying it up with all these, you know, passengers on the train. Sylvie is w- uh, waking up out of a nap she took. And I wrote down, Loki has a great voice. Tom Hiddleston, what mm-hmm. a what a guy. I was looking. He is there another nothing movie. he can't do? Uh, I'm trying to think of what other movie he's sang in. Um I know what it uh, is. I saw the light. Yes, yes, because he plays uh, Hank Williams. Olsen. Yes, he ha- plays Hank Williams, and he, you know, he sings a song in that too. But yeah, yeah, he's got a great voice, and you know, he was just on Broadway. He was in a play, not a musical, but mm-hmm. he was just on Broadway. He's nominated for a Tony if the Tonys are ever going to happen, um, because they announced the Tony nominations in the midst of the pandemic. But they're like, well, wait till the pandemic's over for an actual oh. ceremony. So he's just sitting there with a nomination. Actually, he's up against like Jake Gyllenhaal for another play so oh he's just sitting there yeah he's they're just sitting there waiting for the tonys to happen but yeah he's he's a natural born theatrical performer he can sing he can dance he can act he's 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 a theater boy love Mm -hmm. that for him yep um and then once the song's over he finishes off his drink throws it on the ground and says another uh, uh, nod back to um, Chris Hemsworth doing that, to Thor doing that in mm-hmm. the first Thor when he's mm-hmm. uh, on Earth for the first time in the coffee shop. Right. Very fun. Um, Sylvie's being uh, running her. Oh, Sophie's been Sophie. Who's Sophie? Um, we kind of find out. So Sylvie's kind of looking around at all the people. Some, you know, he's not in his guard uniform anymore. He's back in his, you know, uh, typical clothes. And other people are trying to are starting to take notice of Loki. They're like, he definitely doesn't belong here. I'm not sure what these two people are doing here. Um, and we find out through a co- another conversation that Sylvie and Loki have. Uh, Sylvie's been, you know, running her whole life from the TVA. She's been doing that the whole time. And then Loki uh, 
comes to this realization. He's like, I figured it out. I know the answer to your question. I know what love is. And he says, love is like a dagger. And he goes to this whole metaphor of like it being something that, you know, so shiny and you can see yourself in it, but ultimately like it's the thing that can cut you, which Mm -hmm. is exactly how I imagine Loki to view like love and why he, you know, probably hasn't had the most success with relationships in the past. I mean, we've never seen Loki try to like court a significant pursue a significant other but i would love to after this conversation we'll get into that right at the yeah it's weird because like she's a variant of him so i can't really ship the two of them but there's almost a little i I I mean we'll get there when we get there we'll get there when we get there okay 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 god okay all right (laughs) moving on so then you know they start fighting off the rest of the guards loki gets thrown uh uh loki gets thrown off the train sylvie realizes shit he is the tempad so i have to go after his ass she (laughs) dives right out of the train herself and as loki you know decides to finally you know give the tempad to her it broke in the crash while he you know uh stumbled out of the train um loki tells sylvie she's oh so then they get into this other conversation where she's like you ruined like you understand like i had this plan for years and like you just came in and like ruined it all and he's like well i don't even understand like what you're doing he says like what it's your glorious purpose like you're no match for the tva and you know sylvie kind of you know internalizes this and is like and she has to release like a scream out of frustration to calm herself down and to Mm -hmm. you know pull herself back together and she's kind of like accepting the fact that now that there's no tempad there's no you know uh, reason why they have to get to a source of power anymore. They're both just going to die on this moon and everything's ruined. So they kind of have a moment where they're sitting next to each other and Loki, you know, suggests that they they should plan to hijack the Ark, which I thought that that's what, what they were doing, like, to begin with. Yeah. But Maybe. I guess the plan was to not just, like, they were just going to use the power source to charge the thing. But now that there's no thing to charge, they're like, well, we need to, the arc to like get off this moon so we don't die. Yeah, so then we more, can think I, of. Yeah. I think it was like B they were going to, they were going to take the train to the power source. But then when they realized that the train wouldn't even make it there because the planet would die by the time they made it there, they just wanted to go right to the arc and yeah, get off the planet first before they go for the power source. I think it's, it's tough. It's weird. Yeah, so this is what I'm saying. This this is kind of some of the quarrels I have with this episode is that like I feel like uh, what the, uh, everything that we're doing is like not leading up to something. You know, we it just like we're doing this to do this, and oh, now we're ten steps back again. You know. Yeah. So then they start walking to wherever the arc is. They're walking along the train tracks, uh, seemingly of the train that they were just on. And Sylvie's, Sylvie is explaining to Loki how her magic works and how she enchants people. And she says that she, you know, she latches on to something in their memories um, and, you know, kind of implants or injects herself there. So C20's memories were, she says that C20's memories were clouded, um, that she had to take a memory from like hundreds of years ago to, prior to when she was in the TVA, when she was just a regular person on Earth. And Loki's like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? And she's like, you know, like, the everyone who works at the TVA, like, they're variants just like us. Like, they were once regular people. And Loki's like, but they don't know that. 
And that is like the only like bit of really juicy conversation that we've got that connects to like the main plot right. so far. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge layer that oh. just got revealed, you know, it's like a, it's a pretty big drop of information, you know? Oh, she is Hold right. Hold on, I have to write a theory I just thought of. Okay. Um, Great. <laughs> do you want to just say your theory out loud? or you No, wanna I want to wait until the end. Well, the end is like almost coming. Yeah. Um, Literally, apocalypse. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, the people who work for the TVA are variants, but they were told that they were created by the timekeepers. And Loki's like, well, they don't know that. Um, so then we get into like this last like, super big scene um that i'm calling scene seven even though i'm sure it's not scene seven um the last <laughs> scene of the episode um mm -hmm. where they're you know fighting their way to get onto the arc before you know this place explodes and it seems like one continuous shot or at I least that's how mm -hmm. they made it look with you know movie right. magic and editing Obviously. maybe they did do the the darn thing where they did do it all in one go I was going to say, the MCU is becoming less and less about the action to me and more about the characters. It always has been more okay. about like the characters and the actual relationships. But, you know, I feel like the action has been a little lackluster lately. Like, it's just okay. kind of like, you know, generic fighting. But this is why, you know, there's still hope left for, like, the action sequences because you can find ways to make them interesting and, and new, like like the one-take thing. And it just added so much because it yeah. was like, you're it almost felt like you were standing in the middle of it yourself yeah and i like yeah. that you know uh and then i also wrote down I'm like this set is very fun this is a very mm -hmm. fun set i felt like i was in a different world in a different time period and i guarantee you it was all green <laughs> it was all green screen okay well i think some of the stuff was like Maybe. legit like you know when they had to like walk through tunnels and they were going yeah. in different rooms i don't think yeah. it was all green right but, but that, that building that falls i mean like, obviously there was no building headed straight for tom hiddleston's <laughs> head okay i'm not that gullible no in the 70s they did that you know they, they didn't have computers to yeah do that. because they had to <laughs> okay so then, uh, speaking of the building, that's my next note. Loki puts, they, you know, start fighting through all these people. There, you know, there's explosions coming because a, a planet is crashing into them. So there's, you know, all this debris and, and meteors and stuff ricocheting through everything. Loki uh, puts a building back into place using his magic. Um, and right before they can get to the Ark or the gates to the Ark, we watch it be destroyed. Mm -hmm. um, and instead of just watching it, I love this. I don't know why, but Sylvie just walked off. She was like, are you kidding me? And she just beelined it like out, <laughs> out of shot. And Loki was That's standing great. there like, I didn't even notice her beelining it. That's no, funny. she, she completely like bolted. She was like, no, yeah. I'm not doing this. And so then the song that plays out, uh, plays us out of this episode is a song called dark moon. Covered by a bunch of people. I don't know who the originalist art original artist is, but Bonnie Guitar, right? But Bonnie Guitar is singing this version. Yeah, I think it's her. It. I think this is her version. I think she wrote it, but I know okay. it's been covered covered by like Elvis and mm -hmm. other people. Um, yeah. So what? And that first was the off, while yeah, while we're at the end with this building, I just have to ask: Do you think that was him? Okay, and like, so why are haven't you, we seen magic like this? Like, are why? you suggesting because this is something else that I've seen on TikTok? This is not oh my boy. theory, and I don't know how much yeah. I buy into this. But okay. people think that he was able to put that building back 
by using the time stone he took out of Casey's desk. Because remember that that's the one stone he picks up is a time stone. But he can't use it though. He can't use it in the TVA, but he can use it on other planets just like he can use his magic on other planets. I thought it was if he can't use it in the main timeline. You know, maybe, maybe that's maybe he has the time stone. Maybe because it's the only paperweight he picks up. Because here's my thing: if he has a time stone and he gets all out of the TVA, don't you think he'd be, you know? Right. Using it to get back to 2012. Well, that's why I don't think it's possible he has a time stone. That's, I, I, think I agree. They made it very deliberate to say these Infinity Stones mean nothing anymore in the MCU, so just stop. Like, like we're in our new territory. I know, I know you're not saying well, that, but I'm just saying you. I don't think that's the theory. I'm just wondering if maybe there's another person there with them who's helping them. Maybe it is this. Maybe it's not even a real reality. Maybe it was just like you know, something manufactured that it would never hurt them anyway, that there's like, mm. because they're in a different timeline, they don't die anyway, even if they die. Like, I really don't know, but I've never seen Loki do anything like that. So I was just confused. Um, maybe though, it's, it's because he is in his own timeline now. And maybe he, his powers have enhanced. I don't know. Um, but I'm wondering if that was just a cool idea where they're like, Oh, let's have him just like push the building back. Or if there's actually something there that we don't really know much about or his magic can do that. We just never seen it. Who knows? Maybe. Um, I don't think it's an infinity stone though. I, I, that's an interesting theory though. Cause um, people were saying it kind of looks like what, you know, Dr. Strange did with the apple when he was able to make it, you know, completely eaten yeah. and then completely, you know, back into like a seed yeah, or whatever yeah. he did. If, if, if there is a infinity stone, it would be the time stone. And I guess that could make sense, but it's also like, you just made it a point to be like, forget all, you know, this is mm-hmm. the new MCU, and now it's like to go back to time zones. I'd be like, sure, oh, okay, but who knows? But at the same yeah. time, you know, Doctor Strange—he's coming out with another movie. He still needs something to guard. Like that's his whole thing—is that he controls yeah. time, right? So I don't—I um, don't think they're going away entirely. That's a good point. But I just wanted to talk about that because I was like, that's a new thing we've never seen from Loki. But okay. Um, and so other people your- were saying that um, he—he—that's the whole reason why he was so like kind of relaxed and like calm. Like, oh, it's the end of the world. Like, what are you stressing out about anyway? Is because he knew he had this thing in his pocket to be like, well, even if everything goes awry, I can just do 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 do. I don't know. But at I, the I same like, time, yeah. I like what? How? Like, it took Doctor Strange a whole movie to master. How to right. use a time that's, stone. That's my thing. I think and for Loki to of... just be able to know how to use it. Yeah, it'd be too much of a cop out, I think. I'm just playing it... devil's advocate over here. With uh, hey, listen, if there's any, <laughs> I'm the king of devil's advocate, all right? I defended cats when it came out. Like, oh, maybe the it's okay. And then I was like, no, cat sucks. Uh, the movie. So I'm, I'm the and devil the advocate king. No, you, mm-mm. Um, I disagree, but hey, you're entitled to your opinion. Um, Thank you. So before we get into Easter eggs, do you want to do Easter eggs first or theories first? I don't have any Easter eggs. Do you okay, have Easter eggs still? Um, Please, one lame them, on me. One of them was the symbolism of the smashing of the cup. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, two of them are the songs you mentioned, but I just wanted to kind of go into the lyrics a little bit. I actually sure. looked at the songs because I, I, did you know those songs on the top of your head or did mm-hmm. you look them up? Okay. I, I, as soon as I heard a song playing instead of like typical, you know, Marvel music, I immediately sh- shazammed it. 
I shazammed it too. I actually just Siri did. I was like, Siri, what song is this? But I think that's Shazam I as well. I think it's forgetting probably... Siri can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Shazam. I feel like it might be like Apple. Shazam through Apple does it. Like it's almost like a partnership. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the song Demons, the one we open to before we see Sylvie with twenty two, uh, twenty two or twenty four. What's her name? C twenty. C twenty. I was close. Twenty two is Soul. That's the movie Soul with Tina Fey. That's twenty two. Um, uh, the lyric that we hear: uh, "Please forgive me. I've got demons in my head trying to eat me, trying to feed me lies until I'm dead." Feeding lies. TVA. Hmm. Mm. Who last week said that the TVA was not to be trusted? These two. Um. Okay. Song "Dark Moon" by Bonnie Guitar. Uh, and this is her version of it. The lyrics, mortals have dreams of love's perfect schemes, but they don't realize that love will sometimes bring a dark moon. This made me think of the dagger talk that like mortals have loves of, of dream and, and perfect dreams and schemes, but they don't realize that the dagger, that love could mm. sometimes bring a dark moon, could be mm-hmm. your demise. So, you know, metaphors, ah, metaphors and dark moon, meaning the fact that this moon is being destroyed. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, the last Easter egg I found, a very subtle one, but not until the credits did I realize that the two guards of the uh, train that they meet are named Corporal Hicks and Private Hudson. And uh, for any sci-fi film buffs out there, the movie Aliens starring Sigourney Weaver, um, Bill Paxton and Michael Bean's characters' names are Hudson and Hicks. So mm. homage? I think so. Um, so that How was cool. That was, yeah, I have one little theory question type thing, but we can get into like our theories now. My only theory is, so if the TVA are all variants, that uh-huh. definitely explains why he has such a fascination with jet skis now. Like I, I can see like this other version of Owen Wilson being like, wow, jet skis, like I love these and that carrying over like, and we see like the melding of that. But Miss Minutes, does she perhaps exist outside the TVA? And could she be someone we already know i don't know i was just thinking i was like because i was thinking of everyone i was like oh cool they're so all these people are variants but what about miss minutes is she a variant or i don't know dale yeah. I, I thought you I were like, just about cool. to suggest that miss minutes is like the whole mastermind behind the tva and that like she's the well, real antagonist at the end i wouldn't count it out who knows you know see, maybe because they're all variants someone had to start somewhere it had to start with someone and miss minutes is not mortal so maybe sure. Miss Minutes is the one who made all these variants and made the TVA. Oh my God. I was going to say- Did we just crack of, the code? One of the things I hate the most about this episode is that there's no Miss Minutes. So okay. um, there's one glimpse and it's when the thing is running out of battery and she's like, mm-hmm. you're out of battery. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's it? Come on, girl. I literally made you the thumbnail of my last video. Like, let's let's go, okay, girl. It's Come not on. Miss Minutes' fault that she didn't get enough screen time in this one, okay? No, I know. I'm not blaming her. I'm, I'm upset for the people who did her such a dirty service. But again, she made Loki bisexual, so I can't get mad at Kate Heron. So who do I get mad at? Kevin Feige? Hmm. It's your always, fault. Always, um, always blame Kevin. No, but but Miss Miss Minutes, I hope we see more of her because I love her. Uh, I hope we see more Mobius. I hope that's not mm-hmm. it with Mobius. I doubt it's it. But I hope we get more of him soon. I'm worried that it might be like the finale. And it's like, oh, Mobius is back. I hope it's not that. Because we only have three episodes left. So we, we really need to like start at least figuring out what the end goal and result of this show is. Because it's, right, yeah. it's not Loki trying to chase Sylvie down. It's not him trying to catch her. He already caught her. And now they're together. So now it's like, what is the next step? Is it kind of, you know, exposing and taking down the TVA? Is it then getting to the timekeepers? Is it 
something completely different? Or is it now trying to get off of this moon? Yeah. You know, there's a no. lot of different things, you know? You know, Dill, going off of, I'm so glad you brought up the Mobius thing because I also thought about his love of jet ski. This was the theory that I had to jot down right in the oh, middle yes, of yes. my breakdown. So I think that, Mo that maybe it's not another variant of Mobius that loves jet skis. I think it's this Mobius and that maybe he's, you know, slowly but surely remembering something from his past life, if you will, on Earth. Mm. where you know maybe he was a big jet ski guy maybe that was like his thing he owned a beach house with a bunch of jet skis and mm -hmm. you know he was that person on earth yeah. and you know that's the only part of him that like slightly remembers you know what what his life was before yeah. he worked for the tva so he was almost like stripped from his timeline and like mm -hmm. brain brain washed well, or you know yeah, that's what it seems like, according yeah. to, you know, what happened to C20. And, and, and you sure know, she she has these memories go dating back 100 years, apparently. So right. she's been working for the TVA for God knows how long, you know. And the judge, too, I'm sure. Maybe she was a judge in a past life and just a judge. Or maybe Kelsey has a theory about it that she's going to tell us. So the judge. Hmm. I'm kind of suspicious of her. Okay. I think that she knows more than she's letting off. Mm -hmm. And, oh, my goodness, another theory just struck me. Not really a theory, but, like, okay. remember when Mobius used that Franklin D. Roosevelt high school pencil, clearly from Earth, clearly from America, because it's a president's uh, pencil name. You know, it's a high school oh, named think, after one of the presidents. Might, you think Mobius might be Franklin Delano Roosevelt? No, but I oh. think that she <laughs> maybe, kidding, probably, maybe went to fdr high school you know and that was her past life and maybe she, because like she's in a, an authority figure in the tva maybe she gets to know she gets to remember what her life was you know kind maybe. of thing yeah so i feel like she might turn out to be more of an an antagonist to everybody not just loki but an antagonist to everybody you yeah, know i see the thing is like for her I, for some reason i believe like she is good at the end of this only because I feel like she might be like the kind of person that like has to keep up the front about the timekeepers, even though she like doesn't really want to because it's her job and she might be in trouble for it. But like something about me feels like I don't know if she's necessarily the villain because I do think that is might maybe a little obvious. But then again, so is Agatha Harkness. Like I do think mm -hmm. from the beginning I've been like ever since she Mobius asked her about like the timekeepers and she was like, oh, yeah, no, you he was like, I haven't seen them or whatever. Like, that was when I was kind of like, oh, maybe she's up to something. But I feel like that'd be the two obvious choice. Maybe Mobius is up to some shit. And, you know. No, I who hope knows? not. I love Mobius. I, that's the thing. I don't know. But I feel like I feel like there's going to be some little twist that, that we still have yet to get to. Maybe it is Miss Minutes. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think it's interesting that, like, we obviously know the TVA now is kind of a, not a fraud, but definitely not as it seems. Uh, so I'm really interested to see what they'll do with that. Um, any other theories you have or speculation or anything? So let's just speculate for a hot okay. second. Oh, like is this what really, we were talking about earlier? Really quick okay. about the sexual tension between Loki <laughs> and Sylvie, because it's I there. picked up on it too, Dill. You weren't the only one. I don't think it's that weird. I mean, I'm trying to like equate it to something else. And like, well, I, the only thing I can think right now, if I met like a male Kelsey from another parallel universe, right. I don't think I would hook up with that person. 
Well, that's the thing. It, it might only be like, you know, you're seeing a variant of yourself. So obviously, you know, there's that whole notion of you got to love yourself before you love others. And if you love yourself enough, when you see something that's practically that, just a different version of that, like you're going to be attracted to it. Not necessarily a sexual thing, not like, a sure. oh, I want to bang that version of me. It's more like a, I'm so intrigued and so enamored by this other version of me. It's like, it's like when you take a video of yourself doing something cool or funny or and you want to like watch yourself and it's like you're almost kind of intrigued by your own presence. It, it's like when people look in the mirrors when they want to like, you know, look, check themselves out. Like it's kind of that thing, I think. Where I thought like, you were to say something else and I was like, that's how far we're going on this podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll you tell about? you. I'll tell you after the after air. Okay. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I can't. Even, I don't even know where your mind went. But do you um, think they're gonna put them together, Loki and Silver? I don't. I don't only because you know what they might do, and I don't want to spoil Star Wars for you again. Uh, oh, I'm taking off my taking headphones. Them I'll wave. I'm I'll wave you back. To this at all? It might be one of those things where like there's this deep connection, kind of like Kylo and Ray, and then like at the end, like it's very clear that he's gonna die but there's like this passionate kiss and then they die like it's not even like this romantic thing it's just kind of like this cathartic like moment of just like intimacy before they die i don't know i'm waving her back (laughs) yeah it could be something like that where it's you know yeah it's it's less romantic more you know just a cathartic release of some sort of something um maybe they'll have just like a really nice high five or something uh, just to get that out. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think they'll end up together or in some capacity? Hold on, now my headphones are bugging out, so I can't hear you. Oh, boy. Wait, wait, wait. Can you hear me now? <laughs> keep talking. Okay, yeah, I'll keep talking. Yeah, no, it's not good to have dead air. But who knows? Maybe they'll end up a thing. I honestly think it's just that Tom Hiddleston himself is just such a really... Uh, charismatic actor and it's so easy for people to play along uh, play off of him you know it's kind of like owen wilson you know he and tom hilson had such great chemistry even though mobius was kind of like this opposing force to him at times kind of challenging him there was a little bit of you know butting heads but at the same time there was like a real chemistry between the two of them oh maybe... so you ship loki and mobius no, no, no. I'm saying it could be one of those things that I was saying how Tom Hiddleston is just such a charismatic actor that anyone acting alongside him, there's like this re- that natural draw. And I was kind sure. of talking about how Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston have this really nice like vibe off of one another. That's not romantic, but because they're such good actors, especially Tom Hiddleston in like connecting with the scene partner, maybe it comes across as sexual tension because maybe some of these actors in the MCU aren't necessarily as connected. And maybe that's why this one especially has there's some sexual chemistry there and tension. I don't know. Um, but you can hear me clearly. So that's good. Yeah. I have to hold my wire a certain way. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hop off in a sec. Any last speculation you have, Kels? Um, I'm just going to go off, uh, uh, right off the bat and say that the branch problem is not going to be fixed by the end of the series based off of what we know about Spider-Man No Way Home and a movie titled literally The Multiverse of Madness, I don't think that these branches are getting fixed by anyone. Well, it's interesting because I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier was like, when that ended, it was like, it felt like a complete series. And like, obviously, you know, they'll all be in Avengers, but like, it's, it's not really opening the door for anything. But with both with WandaVision and if this does end pretty open-ended, there is definitely a tie-in to multiverse of madness that i see them setting up like wandavision was made very clear at the very end that there 
are kids out there in the multiverse and they need to get them. Um, and I think this could end in a similar scenario where it almost seems like it's resolved, but then at the post credit scene of the last episode, there's like a, but there's something else down the line. So who knows? I can't um, believe we're halfway there with this series, dude. I know. I feel like at this point in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was kind of just like, okay, yeah, I can see where this is going to end up. But here I'm like, I feel like we're just getting started, you know? Yeah, seriously. It's six episodes there too. I think WandaVision was what, nine episodes? So mm-hmm. yeah, so I guess at this point in WandaVision, I was like, okay, it feels like the halfway point. Whereas Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was like, okay, like it feels a little bit further than the halfway point. And here it's like, I don't even feel like we've gotten near the halfway point, but we are. Um, so yeah, any last thoughts on Loki? Do you have any idea how they're going to get off this planet? This moon? That's why I'm wondering if there's another person there. Or maybe Mobius will end up tracking, finding them and being like, oh, there you are. Come on. You know? that's honestly, You that's did such a great Owen Wilson, I, I hope, Dill. I hope, I hope that's how the next episode starts. It's just they're like, what the hell? And then we hear a portal. He's like, oh, God, there you guys are. Come on. I just opened this portal. Come on. You, you got to get her. This place is about to explode. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Or maybe Hicks and Hudson, the little alien uh, reference. Mm, Corporals and privates will be there and be like, okay, we got to get you off. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get off the planet. Uh, maybe maybe the whole twist is that they die on this planet and then the show's over in four episodes and it wasn't even six episodes to begin with. Who knows? Uh, maybe. I'm hoping not, but anything's possible at this point in the MCU. Anyways, uh, that wraps up our Loki talk for episode three. Um, We just want to give you a little brief uh, taste of what the next few episodes of this podcast will look like. So you're getting this episode, of course, on the 28th. Next week on the 5th, you will get the recap for episode four. And then on the 12th, we have a very special treat for you because Black Widow is coming out that weekend and Loki will come out before that. Uh, How do we talk about both Loki episode five and Black Widow? We're going to talk about both Episode 5 and Black Widow. And what will be interesting is, uh, I'm assuming Episode 5 will probably pre-record. But Black Widow, our review for Black Widow, we will be in the same studio podcasting about Black Widow. We we have our tickets to see it. We got After our last podcast, we logged off. We went on the AMC app. We got our tickets. IMAX on the 8th. That is the Thursday before it comes out. So we can record a review that weekend. Get it to you guys on that Monday. So you'll have two episodes on Monday, the 12th. And then on the 19th, you will get the finale recap for Loki. And then after that, we might be getting What If. I don't know if we're getting What If, but um, we'll think of something fun to give you then. I think What If premieres August 6th. Okay, so then we'll have at least, I think, two weeks of off time, um, off season, uh, where we can talk about lots of fun things. We haven't done, we haven't actually done a ranking of the MCU movies yet. We haven't talked about, um, you know, we've been toying around a little bit about the idea of doing like a, a Marvel actor book club type thing and looking at their other movies, like, you know, Cherry for Tom Holland or Chaos Walking, which I promised you I'd watch and I still haven't because I have no interest. No, don't. Um, Uh, but like doing something like that or you know maybe something else that comes up that we think of we're talking about other movies in the marvel universe like the toby Maguire spider-man or the andrew garfield Mm. spider-man or the blade movies or fantastic four or howard the duck there are so many movies to talk about we will not leave you hanging uh but that's what we you can expect for the rest of uh june and july uh loki 
the next two episodes, and then on the 12th, you will get two episodes, Loki Season 5, uh, Loki Episode 5, and Black Widow, and then the week after, you'll get the Loki finale, and then who knows. Um, Kelsey, where can they find you on this internet verse, social media, all that? You can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You can find me on TikTok at Cause13, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Cause Productions. Cool. Anything to tease there, or no? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but she's got a lot of great videos on there from uh, weeks and months past and years past you. that you should check out. Um, you can find me at Dylan underscore Renez on Twitter. Uh, same as Letterboxd. That's where I post movie reviews. I'm in the midst of a 2011 retrospective where I do uh, old reviews for movies that came out 10 years ago. I do a few videos on the channel of movies that came out uh, 10 years ago. I'm actually extending that retrospective a whole month. So I will also be doing it in July because I was like, one month is not enough to watch all the movies from 10 years ago, so I'm going to extend it to July, uh, but you will be getting an episode of Picture This, where we talk about the nominees of Best Picture for 2011. Uh, you can find me at Dylan Randazzo 417 at TikTok, um, and you can find me here on the Dill Pickle Movie Network, or if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music, any of that, stay here, subscribe, you'll hear us every Monday, and you can also hear my other podcast, Great American Film Off, um, with my co-host Crosby Rosa. Next episode, we're talking about the best movies uh, by uh, about world leaders in honor of 4th of July because we don't want to just keep it American presidents because there's really only two or three choices. Uh, so we expanded mm. it to all world leaders. Gandhi, Margaret Thatcher, uh, Winston Churchill. Kim uh, Jong-un. Yes, that movie that has not been made yet. Uh, we will be extending it all. You know, there might be a movie about him. There's one movie watch. about him. Okay. And it's already my suggestion for the poll, so no one what take it. it. Oh, I've never heard of this. Um, so that'll be interesting. I can't wait to see your poll, uh, your poll response. Anyway, that's where you can find me. Long story short, Dill Pickle Movie Network. Do it. It'll be a fun time. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Kels. As always, it is a blast talking about this stuff. Uh, if you're in Paris, go check out the hotel. Any last words? Kels. No. Okay. Okay.